So we are starting week five of our series. Can you believe that we're five weeks into our semester here on Wednesday nights at Remedy, talking about how we are wired for worship, how, about how God has created us. He's created all people to worship, and not everybody worships God, but everybody worships something. And so what we want to be about is we want to be about worshiping God and loving God with all that we are, with all of our attention, with all of our focus, all right? I got a short message today, but a lot to say in the amount of time that I have. So I would appreciate your utmost attention and your focus on your chair. You probably found the sermon notes for tonight. We give you that to help you focus and pay attention, stuff like that. So you write in some blanks and kind of keeps you awake and stuff like that. Because we know that you are coming from a long day of school. You've been up since early this morning that you've already been awake for more than 12 hours by about this time when I start talking And so we give that to you to kind of help keep you tracking with us throughout the night, all right? So first of all, before I get started, you know, I don't really ever say this enough from the stage, and I just want to say that I'm so thankful for our worship band here at Calvary, here at Remedy. Um, These these students, these people you see up here, man, they do such a great job. And can I just tell you, listen, I want you to know, not not many churches, very few churches, not many churches have uh, a youth worship uh, band, it sounds like that. And so they lead us every week. It takes some work. It's hard work. And I want to thank them for so much what they do. Every single one of them does something really special. Some of you probably have never talked to Dom before who plays electric guitar. Thanks, Dom, for all you do. You really add a special touch to that. Um, Israel Aguida is like this uh, solid rock that holds everybody together when they're playing. And I just appreciate his talent so much. And, of course, you see Benji back there in the corner just quietly doing his thing back there. He's coming along so well, and I'm so thankful that he's up there doing what he does. And I can just go on and on, Tom, all of them. So thank you all so much. Eli does a ton of work to get them ready. Uh, Karina is doing work weekly to get them ready. And so just I'm so thankful that they lead us in worship. Since we're, this series is about worship, they lead us in singing, the singing part of worship. And they do such an incredible job. So I want to thank them. All right, so I've used up too much of my time on thank yous. All right, so Valentine's Day is this week. And I remember my first Valentine's Day with Hannah. And contrary to popular belief, Back then, I was definitely not the Rico Suave that I am today, okay? So what I mean by that is when I fell in, everybody's looking at me like, yeah, right. Well, back then, when I fell in love with Hannah, I was about 18 years old, 18, 19 years old, um, 18 when I fell in love with her. And she definitely was my first Valentine, you know, all through high school and middle school. Valentine's Day really didn't mean a whole lot to me. I didn't really care about Valentine's Day. It was just a time to get candy from my mom. And, uh, and just, uh, and, uh, and, you know, just, you know, whatever, right? Didn't really mean, but then when I fell in love with Hannah, she was my first Valentine's Day. And I'll confess that I wasn't really that great. Uh, I wasn't a great first Valentine for Hannah. We were in our first year of college and she lived in the state of Missouri and I was down here in Texas. And so we had this long distance relationship going on. And um, because I'm such a great planner, Valentine's Day was quickly approaching and I realized that I hadn't sent her anything in the mail that was going to get to her on time. So Valentine's Day came, and guess who had a Valentine gift in the mail on time a couple days early from her, his girlfriend, me. I was sitting there on Valentine's Day with this cool, and all I could tell Hannah was that her Valentine was in the mail, and that she'd get it in a couple days or two. And uh, as you, and you look at me like, wow, what a jerk. Like, that's pretty pitiful. The girls like, man, I don't think I've ever received so many dirty looks from some of the girls that are in here right now. Lexi Prater. But uh, I'm sorry, Lopez. Uh, but I'm just kidding, Lexi. But that's just the kind of guy I was. Just unprepared. Not really good at stuff like that at all. 
And, you know, when I think about Valentine's Day, when I think about love in general, people are not always really good at showing love. Maybe parents or people have trouble saying, I love you, or that's just not a thing that people are really good at sometimes. Nobody really gets this love thing exactly right. Nobody gets it perfectly. But today we're going to look at this passage in the Bible. It talks about love. It talks about lots of different kinds of love. It talks about worship, too. But we're going to look at this passage in the Bible, and I love this passage in the Bible because it talks about and gives us actually this perfect example of love. Like, there is no greater example of love than what we're about to look at right now. Like, if you've ever wondered what a perfect example of love looks like, this is it. This is it right here. You're going to get to see it today, this perfect picture of love. Now, the passage we're going to look at today is in 1 John 4, 8 through 11. You can follow along on the screen, on your Bible app, on your phone, um, in the Bible, if you bring your hard copy of your Bible with you. But this verse starts on, this passage starts with verse 8, and it says this. It says that God is love. And I love that. It says, God is love, and anyone who does not love others has never known God. God is love, and anyone who doesn't love others has never known God. God defines love. Don't miss this, okay? The Bible says that God is love. That God, he is the creator of love. He created it. People enjoy love. People desire to be loved. Like, I haven't ever really met anybody that says, I don't want anybody to ever love me in my life. Okay, everybody desires to be loved. Everybody enjoys love. But God is the creator of love. Mankind did not create love. Mankind gets to enjoy all of this goodness that is love that God created but love is God's idea, and love is God's creation. The Bible says that God is love. And then he says that those that don't love other people really do not know God at all. Because how could you know God and not love like God? That's what he's saying. So God is the one that defines love. I have a question for you. Is anybody here getting ready to take the SAT? Or maybe you've taken like some practice SATs in the last couple of years? Raise your hand nice and tall to show me how excited you are about taking the SAT. Raise your hand if you've taken it or are getting ready to take it. Anybody? SAT. Okay. A few of you in here. Some of you guys are, some of y'all are like, what's the SAT? Um, if you're in 11th or 12th grade, you know what the, don't know what the SAT is. Uh, talk to Hannah, my wife. She will explain it to you. She'll help you get ready. Okay. So um, the SAT. So, you know, there are SAT words that you should have, right? Like, that so you should know. There's a list of SAT words that you should know, vocabulary words, and you're like, okay, I have to know these words so that I can get a good ACT, SAT or ACT, ACT score. And there's all these weird words that you have to know. And there are all these books that you can use, that you can get, that help you prepare for the SAT so that you can get an okay score and maybe go to the college of your dream or maybe just get into college, and that's okay too. That's definitely okay. Um, so you have all these words, SAT words, that you have to know. Now, here's the thing. Nobody gets to show up on the day of the SAT and sit with their SAT exam and say, you know what, I am going to define what this word means. I don't know what it means, but I'm going to give it a new definition. I'm going to define or redefine all of the words in this SAT study guide that is on the screen. And if you ever did that, your college entrance people would probably be like, you get an A for creativity. Good job. But no, you are not allowed to go to our university. You're not allowed to go to our school. You don't get to just redefine words. You don't get to just um, decide what your defini definition is of a word that has already been defined. 
So when it comes to love, it's the same thing. We don't get to make the final decision on what love actually is because it has already been defined by God who is love and created love for people to enjoy. That means that we don't get to come along as his creation and say, this is what I think that love should be. We don't get to define love. We get to enjoy it. We get to bask in it. We get to experience it, but we don't get to create it and define it. It's already been created by God, and it's already been defined by him. So God is the one that defines love. The second thing is this, is that God defines his love by sacrifice. If God were to give love a definition, he would say that, God, that love looks like sacrifice. The very next verse, verse 9 in this passage, 1 John 4 says, God lo- showed his love for us when he sent his only son into the world to give us life. So this is how God shows us what perfect love looks like. Does perfect love actually exist? Yes, it does. And this is how God showed us what perfect love looks like. Perfect love looks like perfect sacrifice. That's not in your notes, but write it down somewhere. Perfect love looks like perfect sacrifice. God showed his love like this perfectly, that he sent his only son, Jesus Christ, into the world. Now that is sacrifice right there. And here's why. Because Jesus Christ, who was at the right hand of God, free from pain, free from any kind of human experience that we have felt like pain and heartache and hurt and brokenness, Jesus Christ was sent into our world. That's what this verse says, that God sent his son, Jesus Christ, into the world, into our world that we live in. And here's the thing about the world that you and I live in. You already know, I already know, that our world has a lot of good things, but it also has a lot of bad things in it. Maybe you've seen that growing up. Our world has a lot of pain. Our world has physical pain. Our world has emotional pain. There's pain all around us. Our world has pain. It has hurt. It has brokenness. It has disease. It has death. There's so many messed up things that our world has. And God looked at the broken world and said, I'm going to love them like this. I'm going to send Jesus to that broken world that exists. That's sacrifice right there. For Jesus to say, send me, I will go. That is sacrifice right there. A world that knows what it feels like to never know God. God says, I'm going to send my son to them. So it says that he did. He sent his son as a man, as a human, who lived and breathed and bled and needed food every day. He sent Jesus Christ as a man to live with us and experience everything that you and I would experience our pain, our hurt. And then he tells us why. And don't miss this. Listen to me. Listen. Uh, Don't miss this. This is perfect love right here. He sent his son to give us life. He sent his son to give us life. He would sacrifice his life to give us life. See, pain and hurt in our world caused by sin. There's so much sin that exists in our world, but that wouldn't be the end. The end of this world wouldn't be that sin would win the day, that brokenness would remain forever, that hurt and pain would remain forever, but that there would be an end to that, and that was through Jesus Christ. He came to give us life, but it would be through his sacrifice. See, God defines love as sacrifice. I want to show you this little video. It's a little bit long. It's about three minutes long, but does anybody here like foreign uh, movies, foreign films, foreign movies, 
Okay, how about foreign commercials? Like commercials from other countries, they're like, oh, they would never show that commercial in America. Number one, because it's too long and people don't have attention spans that long. But number two, it's just different. You know, people in America don't think like that maybe, right? Okay, so I want you to check out this commercial. It definitely talks about sacrifice. Um, uh, I won't say too much. Just watch it. Check it out. Okay. Y'all seen this? Daddy is the sweetest daddy in the world. <laughs> daddy is the most handsome. The smartest. The most clever. The kindest. Superman. Daddy wants me to do well at school. Daddy is just great, but... He lies. He lies about having a job. He lies about having money. He lies that he is not tired. He lies that he is not hungry. He lies that we have everything. He lies about his happiness. He lies because of me. sweaty I, I man I'm like I don't know what you're selling but here's all my money just take it all right just that's an awesome commercial I just oh you what would you want me to buy I'll just give it to you all right now I'm just yeah oh man y'all crying yeah okay so listen listen to me listen to this watch there is always something about sacrifice that catches our attention 
there's always something about sacrifice that makes us sit up a little more and pay attention because we are naturally so self-centered, self-focused. Whether it's Tony Stark at the end of Avengers Endgame, if I spoiled it for you, you're like over a year late, but that's too bad for you. Whether it's Tony Stark at the end of Avengers and we're all watching the end of the uh, Endgame, we're like, bro, that's it? I'm not crying. Well, me neither. No, I'm crying, bro. I'm crying. Or whether it's Tony Stark or, or the video you just saw, there is always something about sacrifice that catches our attention. Now, here's the thing. Here's the point of this video. Listen to me. Uh, it's not just a cool video. It's just not just like a nice video. Here's the point. In this video, you see a little girl who starts to understand as she gets older the sacrifices that her father is making for her. And she loves her dad so much. There's a reason why we don't love Jesus very much sometimes. It's because you or we haven't come to see or know the sacrificial love that he has given for you and me. When you see and understand and know the way that God has sacrificed everything to love you, that is when you start to love God back. That is when you start to worship God with all your heart all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. You do not love God more and more unless you come to know how much he has sacrificed for you. That's where love comes from. The Bible says that it is the kindness of the Lord that leads us to repentance. What leads us to leave sin and love God more than our sin is that he finally showed us or shows us how much his love how sacrificial his love is, then we are able to love God back and worship him with all that we are. You will never hear me tell you, come on, y'all, love God more. What's wrong with you? Love him more. Try harder. Do more to love God. Why don't you sing more? Why don't you clap more? Why don't you raise your hands more? Come on, guys, like do more. I want you to come to know in a personal way the way that God has sacrificed everything to love you because then, then you will love him back. All right, I got to finish this thing up. Number three, God defines his love as sacrificial. God also defines his love as unconditional. God's love isn't just sacrificial. It's unconditional. This is what verse 10 says. It says, real love isn't our love for God, but his love for us. God sent his son to be the sacrifice by which our sins are forgiven. This is what this is talking about. First of all, it's talking about the order that love happens, the order in which love happens. And this is what it means. It means first, don't miss this, okay? Because some of us think we're like these awesome God lovers. Listen, first God loved you by sending his son. First, he loved you. And because of that, then you were able to love him back. And you, you got to get that order straight. 
You got to get that in order because if you reverse that order and say, I love God first and then he loves me as well, then you are basically putting on yourself an imperfect love that you can't do without God. First, he loved you by sending his son, Jesus. And then because of Jesus and forgiveness of sin, then you were able to love God in return. This verse also tells us why God sent his son, this perfect love that he shows us. He says, so that they may have life. In the last verse, in this verse, he said, by his sacrifice, the sacrifice by which our sins are forgiven. God loved us so much that he didn't leave us in this sin problem. He said, if you turn to me for the forgiveness of your sin, and put your faith in me, you will be forgiven and live in my love. This love is unconditional, and you need to know that word. You need to understand that God's love for you is sacrificial, and it's unconditional. As a sign of God's perfect love, he sent his son to die for you, for me, while we were yet still sinners. God didn't love you because you were perfect. God didn't love you because you were religious. God didn't love you because you perfectly obeyed your mommy and daddy. God didn't love you because you were good or good enough or he, because you were perfectly lovable. God didn't love you because you were a good guy or a good girl and treated people with respect and dignity. God didn't love you because you were, ho- or because you were horrible and you treated people poorly and badly. Not even when you were loving God back or unable to love God is when he loved you. He loved you when you were at your worst, when I was at my worst. One of my favorite verses in the, of the, uh, that speaks of this gospel says this. It's Romans 5, 8. Um, you just jot that down somewhere because it's not in your notes. But you need to know this verse. But God showed how much he loved us by having Christ die for us even though. And underline that part if you want to. Even though we were sinful. That is how God loved us. He loved us not when we were at our best, not when we were awesome. He loved us while we were still sinners. That's when he loved us. This unconditional love. You are loved not because of what you do, not because of what you don't do, not based on your performance, not because you're the smartest, because of your grades. I had my little girl come home the other day and she was crying. She said, I'm I'm in second place in AR points. I'm like, man, if I was in second place in AR points when I was in second grade, I'd be pretty thrilled. But she looked at me and said, I'm in second place in AR points, dad. And she was crying. I was like, baby, let's talk about this here. I said, why is it so important for you to be in first place? And she said, dad, I want to be in first place. That's what she said to me. It broke my heart. My heart just went like this and I got angry. She said, my teacher called out the names of a couple of little boys that only had 20 stinky little AR points. AR points is like the reading points, right? Um, And I said, really? And she said, yes. And I said, baby, listen to me. I want you to have a lot of AR points. But if God were to look down on your class, would God be disappointed in those little boys that only had 20 stinky little AR? I said, did your teacher actually say 20 stinky little AR points? And, I, and she said, yes. And I said, man, I said, teacher conference time. Anyway, uh, she said, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. <laughs> but listen to this. Listen to me. I said, baby, 
that room, 20 kids in your classroom, God's looking down. Does God love the little girl who's in first place more than the little boy who only has 20? Maybe he can't read well. Maybe he's struggling. Maybe he doesn't have a mommy and daddy who are helping him read at home. I don't know why. He only has 20. But what does God think about that one and this one and the one in the middle and the one in second place? You see, you and I are conditioned to be about performance, performance, performance. And God says, I love you no matter what. Your biggest failure in life, and by the way, I have some big ones if you knew about. Your biggest failure in life, I love you. That's what God says. I love you in spite of your sin, in spite of your mistakes. I love you unconditionally. Listen, some of you here dealing with anxiety or feelings of worthlessness, you get up in the morning, you look in the mirror, and you have an identity problem. You don't like what you see. You think you look ugly. You think that you're not handsome. You, you think that people would just like you if you acted differently. You have a problem right here in your identity. And God looks at you and says, I love you. And I've shown you my perfect love in the person of Jesus Christ. I love you. That's what God says to you. God's love really is this unconditional love. And the cool thing is this. Listen to me. Listen to me. When we surrender our life to Christ, repent, turn from our sin, and turn to Jesus for the forgiveness of our sins, that love changes you. That little girl in the video you saw, she loves her father in a different way because of the way her father has sacrificed for her. This kind of love changes us, transforms us. We're never the same again which leads us to number four. We can love other people. We can love others this way because God loved us first. That means that our love turns into action. Then we start to live this kind of love out. So the verse ends by saying this, dear friends, since God loved us this much, this perfect love that we just read about, now we must love each other. This perfect love that God has for us, now we have been changed and we can go love other people the same. That's what God's love kind of is like. Now, I got to close. I'm out of time. I have one more video to show you that was so cool. But I'll show it to you another time. All right. So let me end by saying this. All right. Y'all ready for this? This Valentine's Day, don't get hung up on romantic love. This Valentine's Day, don't get hung up on romantic love. Don't let Valentine's Day distract you from the fact that you are perfectly loved by a heavenly father that has shown you his perfect love in the person of Jesus Christ. You have been sacrificially loved. You've been unconditionally loved. And instead of taking Valentine's Day and being all down because you don't have a romantic significant other, this should be a week. This should be a day that we are able to instead focus on how we are going to go love other people the way that God has loved us. I'm talking about radical love that we don't see, the kind of love or sacrifice that makes us sit up and say, I haven't seen anybody in my school do anything like this before. I'm talking about things like going to the special needs class at your school. Liz is a special ed teacher. Um, I'm talking about going to your special needs class at your school. And instead of being, oh, like, I don't have a Valentine's Day today. 
maybe one day I'll have a Valentine's Day. What if you instead had the perspective of, wait a second, I belong to God. He's loved me perfectly and has asked me, told me to go love others likewise. But what if you went to the special needs class at your school where you have students with Down syndrome or uh, maybe some mental delays that have, um, that have hindered their academic um, progress in school? What if you went there on Valentine's Day and instead of focusing on yourself, actually, so I'm going to love some people here today, you actually like took Valentine's Day cards to people that are not like you, very, very different from you. What if you went to that lady who lives close to you, just down the street for you, or maybe from our church, who uh, has lost a husband or a wife, lived alone for a long time, and being alone after being married for a long time is, is, is I don't understand. I've never felt that, but it, I hear it's, it's horrible. What if on Valentine's Day, instead of saying, oh man, like maybe one day I'll have a Valentine that loves me. What if you were to say, wait a second, I've been perfectly loved. I belong to Jesus. I'm his disciple already. So how can I go show love to some people around me that's radically different? I'm talking like this Friday should be a day of a lot of action for people who are Christians. I'm not talking about just going and buying one of those roses and paying like whatever, 10 bucks, and then they deliver it to the classroom. And it's like a surprise. It's like, ooh, I got like 10 roses today from all these secret admirers. I'm talking about like doing something that shows the love that you have been shown by your father in heaven, perfect love that then goes to the world and says, let me show you the kind of love that God has shown me. I'm talking like looking for the people that are hurting, that they're, they're hurt. It, it, if we just sat up and looked around a little bit in our schools, we would see people that are just hurt. They're hurting inside. And if we've been loved perfectly, could we not then go to them and say, man, I just, I want to share. I just want to love you today. And this is how I'm going to do it. I don't know what that's going to look like. I get pretty creative. and start coming up with all these little ideas of ways that I want to show people around me love. Listen, maybe there's somebody in your school that's just annoying and nobody likes to listen to them. Nobody likes to talk to them. And maybe they get bullied by everyone around them. And they'd be surprised if you actually gave them your lunch period and said, I just want to talk to you. I just want to talk. Just, what, what do you think about things? Just, let's talk. That's the kind of love that I'm asking you to go and show the world. But as you do that, do it in Jesus' name. Do it as somebody who has already been shown love by Jesus. All right, I got to pray. God, as we go to C groups now, I pray that you give us some great time of discussion that we'd be able to think and, and put into action um, just uh, some of these things today, Lord. I want to thank you for your unconditional love, um, and I just want to thank you for Jesus, that without Jesus, Father, without the forgiveness of our sins, we would not know how to love you, God. Thank you because you first loved us. Really quick, students, with your eyes closed, I just feel led to do this today. If you have never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, and today for the first time you've heard that, that God loves you and he's calling you to be his follower, his disciple, and leave sin and be forgiven of your sin, 
If you're hearing that for the first time today and you want to do that, would you just raise your hand really quick? I'm not going to embarrass you, call you out, make you come up here, anything like that. But I just want to see your hand really quick. All right, let's pray. God, you know these, Lord. And they come before you saying that they want to seek your forgiveness and they want to know you and follow you, Lord. Lord, we love you so much. And I'm thankful, God, that when the world tries to define love around us, You've already given us this perfect definition. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we're gonna go to groups a little bit. Before we do, just three quick announcements and I gotta get you going. You gotta go to groups as fast as you can because I talked too long today. All right, number one, a couple weeks ago, Eli and I told told you about this 5K run run that we're gonna do in March, right? If you wanna do that, I wanna give you registration. You can go to farparks.com, P-H-A-R-R, farparks.com and we scroll down and immediately you're going to see that picture right there and you can register. I'm giving you this because if you want a t-shirt, the registration deadline is like a week away. Um, and there were about like 10 of you that said you wanted to run with us um, or in front of us. I don't really know, but, uh, but hey, this is for runners, walkers, run walkers. It does not matter. Okay. Um, Hannah's going to smoke me because she's already like running 5k distances and longer. And that's okay. I love chasing after her anyway. So um, I'm happy Valentine's Day. Did you get that? <laughs> so um, register for the 5k if you want to do with this. It's going to be so much fun. It's the week of spring break, by the way. Okay. Next one. It's time to register for one weekend. So get registered for that. Um, listen, we are about to hit we're like right at 50 registrations, which is pretty good, but we're two weeks out, so we need to hit our number, right? So y'all, it's time to get registered. Let's get, make it happen. Um, I'm going to be at the exit today, and I have tons of paperwork to give you. If you've already registered, I have a confirmation letter that you need to take home. If you haven't registered yet, you can take other information home as well, right? Okay, and last announcement is, I can't remember what the last one is, bro. Oh, okay, this Sunday, we have a camp meeting scheduled after the 11 o'clock worship service and after the Spanish service. So after the second English service and after the Spanish service, you can come to one of those two meetings. Don't come to both of them. Come to one of those two meetings. And this is the Sunday that we are passing out fundraiser tickets. So from this Sunday that's coming, you have five weeks to sell fundraiser tickets. We're doing a little different this year. We're we're still selling uh, food plate tickets, good profit margin on it, but it is going to be for Aces Barbecue, all right? So no, this is the first year in, in like probably five years that we don't do the hamburger plate fundraiser on that Sunday, um, and which is why we're starting a little early. We want to see how this fundraiser goes. So, um, so, but it's the same thing. You still get your tickets. You still sell them. You still get profit, the, a good profit margin. And, um, and, but the plate pickup is going to be at Aces Barbecue, um, and it's going to be awesome, all right? Okay, so that's this Sunday. If you miss this Sunday, then you have to wait like a whole week or a few days to get tickets, and you're already one week behind on selling. So you have two times this Sunday, 12.30 and 12.15 and 2 o'clock, to get fundraiser tickets, all right? Okay, I'll see you all this Sunday for that meeting. It's going to be great. It's going to be in here in the Student Center, by the way. Um, that's pretty much all I got. You guys go enjoy your C-group time. See ya.